Hey! Hello, everybody. Football's back, baby. Finally here. Opening night. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Football Chambers podcast. I'm Ed, joined by my co-host, Dennis, as usual. And we're excited. You know, it's Thursday, September 6th. There is actual football going on tonight. We made it. We made it. It was a tough summer, but we finally got here. No more crappy preseason games and actual real football. Pretty good game tonight, too. It should be a good game. We'll have to see. We're seeing some injuries over there in Philadelphia that might... Uh, Phillies. Phillies banged up right now. Yeah, it might make this game not as good as it should have been. I mean, talk about talk about Super Bowl hangover. I mean, they had 10 shots of bourbon, <laughs> a pint of... I don't even know. What, they, they're hurting. Now they're hurting why. They say it's so hard to repeat, right? It's not an easy thing in the NFL. Not at all. So welcome back, everybody. Uh, I... At this point in time, obviously with real football starting tonight, I'm guessing 99.9% of you have had your live drafts. I hope they all went well. Hopefully you listened to our last episode. You used some of the tips that we gave you uh, that helped us out, some of the stuff that we applied in our own draft. And yeah, I mean, I speaking of our draft, we just had it last Saturday, and I think it went very well. What do you think? Yeah, it was a, it was a very good draft, good setup, good people. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed this league. Yeah, yeah, and we, you know, we had we had a lot of those things that, uh, oh, and we have a technical malfunction going on. Yep, with the microphone. So you want to bend that back? Saved. We're good. All right, we're good to go. Look at that. We'll make this work. No, we we make it work. We're just <laughs> we're just like the players. We play injured. When when stuff goes wrong, we we muscle through. So, yeah, so we it was great. You know, we had good food. Had the draft board all set up, ready to go. We had theme music for everybody in the first round. We had a fun little ADP lottery that we did, so we gave out some uh, gave out some prizes to everybody, depending on you know who they picked uh, based off a random lottery of the top 100 ADP players. Thought that went over pretty well. So yeah, all in all, everybody did a great job. And uh, a quick actually shout out to uh, my wife and my mom that actually stopped by. They helped set up all the food, cook all the food while I was getting the board ready and. You know they did a uh, they did a great job. So thank you, ladies. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, our live draft event. And again, hopefully everybody else is. Uh, if you're like me, you're probably in multiple leagues, and hopefully all your drafts went according to plan. I know for some of you, some of them didn't go according to plan, uh, especially Jarek McKinnon owners. Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, Dave. Whoa, whoa, sorry, bud. Yeah, I mean that definitely gets a. <laughs> definitely worthy of that but yeah no more than what was it maybe an hour after we after we drafted got no, the I little think, sleeper alert on my I phone think we were just wrapping up when yep. it went down as we were wrapping up the draft the news and, broke and everyone knows that that little sleeper alert sound yeah pull my phone out and lo and behold Jarek mckinnon torn acl done for the year and non-contact not a not a great way to start the draft but you know what injuries are going to happen this you, is how the NFL rolls. Yeah, Every just, week we're going to see someone get hurt. Last year, if you remember, listening to our podcast, it seemed like a big name dropped once a week. It was, so yeah. I'm hoping that we don't have to relive that again this year, but injuries are going to happen. It's a tough sport. so Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, obviously, the Jarek McKinnon news. We'll talk news a little bit later on. A few things we want to touch on. We'll definitely discuss the, uh, the Burita and Morris, I'm sure, you know, people on your waivers, 
are using fab budget going crazy trying to get one if not both of them yeah but it's, yeah it's, it's a mixed bag some people feel a certain way about one player and some people feel a certain way about another so it's an interesting yeah it's it's experience it's experience versus the unknown right i mean you have morris who's approaching he's on the wrong side of 20 he's almost 30 and you have matt Brita, who's still relatively young i believe this is second year in the season or yeah. second year in the league i should say so yeah we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more later but before we get into that, we want to discuss our own personal draft a little bit. I I was pretty happy with how my team turned out. How how we how do you feel about yours, Dan? Um, well, one of the things I love about fantasy football drafts is, as you said already, they don't tend to always go the way that you hope that they would go. So I saw some people fall to me that I didn't expect to fall to me, and some people that I thought that might be there not be there. So I always enjoy being in the moment, I guess. And uh, I all in all. I really like how my draft turned out. Um, you know, I don't think anybody can always be strong in every position, but I feel strong in many positions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know how it is. You look at the draft board, it's all new and pretty. Your team looks great, and everybody's healthy, and it, you know it's not going to last, but, and some people are going to bust. You just got to, you know, knock on wood, and <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it doesn't hit you too hard. But Dennis and I both kind of talked. We took a look at the draft, and him and I both wanted to pick, you know, people besides our own drafts, obviously, that we thought just had really, really terrific drafts. And honestly, everybody in our league was fantastic this year. I felt this was by far the most competitive draft I've ever been in out of any league. I mean, all the picks were great. I mean, you and I talked hitting the fourth or fifth round. We were struggling. We're like, wow, this is... It doesn't seem like there's a weak team out there. For, for this league, which is going to be very interesting. Of course, some teams will separate because that's the way fantasy football goes. But just looking at the, <clears throat> excuse me, looking at the board and the draft, I think all 10 teams are pretty strong and uh, you know can stand on their own to say they're going to have a good year. Yeah, so speaking of the 10 teams, the, the team that stood out to me personally was actually one of the newcomers, uh, Dave G. Dave G, so... He was picking out the uh, the one spot, number one overall. So anytime you can start your team with Todd Gurley. You've done all right, Yeah, right? You, you've already done pretty well. So he started with Todd Gurley, and he actually followed that up with Devonta Freeman on the turn. So Freeman came all the way back. I'd seen that in some mocks anyway. And in a full PPR league, you know, I, I feel he's strong at running back. And I think the entire, the entire Atlanta offense this year, they're due for some positive regression. I think... I think they're going to turn it around. I mean, you've got Steve Sarkeesian there in his second year. His play calling is going to improve. You saw it with Kyle Shanahan there. The first year he was there, it wasn't amazing. That second year leap. Well, it's a lot to learn, right? You're learning a whole new system. It's never easy. You've gotten so used to doing something one way, and now it's we're doing it this way. Yep. So it doesn't matter what you do in life. It's just not easy to switch and change things and expect it to be perfect. So, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of talent on that Atlanta yeah, team. Yeah, Tevin so. Coleman in a contract year, so we'll see how that affects Freeman. But, I mean, Freeman's still the guy there. He's had concussion issues, but I think he's a big, big bounce-back candidate. He's a, he's a running back with top five upside for sure. So he followed that up with a really great wide receiver core of uh, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, and Golden Tate. A lot of people don't realize about, um, especially in uh, half-point and full PPR leagues, yeah, I mean, Golden Tate. Golden Tate's a monster. I mean, his last four seasons in Detroit, he's led the NFL in yards after catch, 2,460. 
He's posted at least 90 receptions each one of those seasons. So, I mean, you know, in any kind of PPR league, if your guy's getting at least 90 receptions, that's great. I mean, he provides a great floor. And then, you know, he picked up Amari Cooper, who someone else who I think is due for a bounce, a bounce back year. Derek Carr was banged up all year last year. You don't have to worry about Michael Crabtree anymore. He's gone. They just cut Martavis Bryant. You got old man Jordy there. I mean, who knows what you're going to get out of him. So I think Amari Cooper, he's... He, I mean, John Gruden flat out came out and said that the offense will be tailored around him. So remains to be seen if he can finally level up, but he has top five wide receiver upside. And maybe my favorite pick of the draft, he picked up Royce Freeman. He got Royce Freeman in the sixth round, 60th pick. You know, his average ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator is 29. So he almost got Royce Freeman, you know, double that. Shame on us for Allowing not grabbing him, him sooner. <laughs> he's been named the starter. So, and he's a, he's a talent. I mean, he, he could definitely, uh, it's picks like that, then can, can just absolutely make your team when you get it in the mid to later rounds. Uh, he finally went with a tight end, Evan Ingram, out in the seventh. And he didn't take his first quarterback off the board until round nine, and he actually went with uh, Kirk Cousins. So, obviously, Minnesota's new quarterback darling. And, honestly, Cousins finally has, not even arguably, it's the best weapons of his career. When you have Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, you got Dalvin Cook back, among others. I mean... We had our conversation about Cousins in the... You know, broadcast that we did a few weeks back and how we felt about him and how he's one of those guys that just gets overlooked. Yep. So yeah, yeah not bad for uh not bad for being new to the league and not bad for uh where he got Kirk Cousins in yeah. the draft. Yeah, and then you know you're hitting you're hitting the tenth round, which is when you're gonna start you're gonna start reaching for some guys, taking flyers. He went with Aaron Jones, who you know, he's serving a two game suspension, but I mean, there's a lot of people that make that argument. He's the most talented running back in yeah, Green you Bay. Mean, you mean Ronald. Yep, absolutely. Ronald Jones. Uh, yep. I'm sorry. Uh, right. No, no, no. No, Aaron Jones. Ronald Jones is... Uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Oh, I was talking... Who are you talking about then? I apologize. I'm talking about Aaron Jones. Okay. For Green Bay. Yeah, Ronald, Ronald Jones is going to ride the bench for a while. He... Uh, Struggled. Are, yeah, he had one of the worst preseasons ever. But, you know, it could pay off if he comes back and... He lights it up. I mean, he could win that starting job right back. And then, again, late in this draft, his next three picks, he went Phillip Rivers. So, great, great late quarterback to kind of have a backup there. Uh, Eric Ebron, who I still think is the most talented tight end over on the Colts, over Jack Doyle. and uh, Sterling Doyle Shep- rules, Eddie. <laughs> Doyle rules. And uh, Sterling Shepard. You know, that's a nice late-round you know, wide receiver to take. You know, wide receiver three with wide receiver, wide receiver two upside. I mean, I, all in all, I, I loved it. I mean, he closed it out with the Saints D, picked up Matt Bryant. He's been a stalwart kicker in fantasy over the years. So I, I, I loved it. I love his team, and I think he had a fantastic draft. And, you know, for his first year in the league, I mean, you can't really ask for a better team than this. I think for me, looking at this draft, it's a high upside draft. And what I mean by that, does Mike Evans rebound? Does Amari Cooper come back to where he was two years ago? Does Royce Freeman live up to the hype? Yeah, it's high risk, high you reward. Say yes to these, you say yes to those questions, and now you're talking about this team being a monster to deal with. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things. What kind of fantasy player are you? Do you like taking that hype, that, that, that risk, you know, grabbing those plays that – 
have what people think is going to be a high ceiling or do you want to just take a high floor? So this is a high ceiling team. I like it. I think it's a good team. We'll see how it pans out for them. Mm-hmm. So that that was my pick. What? Who do you think out of everybody? All right. So uh, looking at this, again, I think a lot of people had a lot of good teams. But my choice here, um, I went with Liz. Her oh, team. The, the two newbies. Yeah. Believe it or not, that's right. Yeah, Liz. Girlie's gone wild. She was drafting from the seven spot. Uh, Liz came out of uh, to a very strong start with a draft. She started with Alvin Kamara at seven, leading the way in the first round. Um, this is where we've kind of been seeing him get drafted, right? He's been floating right between that four spot and that eight spot. So he went where he should. It's it's a great pick for her. Um, you know, with Nomak with Nomak Ingram, I expect this guy to be a monster. His first three opponents are soft. He doesn't get or he doesn't hit a real defense until week four against Minnesota. And with nobody else really behind him, I mean, they just signed Gillisley from New England to back him up. They also dropped somebody off their roster, um, another running back they had in their roster. They let him go. So he's the guy. He's going to be the workhorse. He's going to be a monster for, for Liz. I think it's a great pick. Um, and then she intrigued me a little bit with her second pick, to be honest. Uh, she went with Devontae Adams. Um he came off the board before the guys of like Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas or, yeah, Keenan, or Keenan Allen. I personally thought this was a great pick, to be honest. There's no Jordy Nelson. Rumors are looming that Green Bay's shopping Randall Cobb to anyone that's interested. Um, he is the number one guy. He's going to get number one targets. And his quarterback, oh yeah, by a guy named Aaron Rodgers. How can you go wrong with this? He's not bad. In 2016... He ranked 11th amongst all wide receivers. Last year, digressed a little bit and fell to 15th, but we had no Aaron Rodgers for a, a large portion of that season. I think Still had double-digit touchdowns. This is a year I think he breaks into the top 10, maybe even top 5 wide receivers. He his, has, his issue's always been yardage. Um, he's yet to hit 1,000 yards in his career. Right. I mean, this, is, this is the year, though. I mean, if it's ever going to happen, yeah. if, he can, if he can break 1,000 yards and he's getting... Anywhere from 10 to 20 touchdowns, he's going to be a monster. Yeah. Yeah, great pick. I like him there. I've seen him go early in the second round in quite a few different drafts that I've done. Um, you know, third round, she went with Travis Kelsey, kind of where you've been seeing him go third round. Um, so pretty average spot for him. But what can I say about this team? We're talking Deshaun Watson, Penny, Chris Hogan, Mixon, Vikings D, Greg the Legas or Kicker, just to name a few more Legatron. players. Legatron. Legatron, you know it. I mean, she then in the later round, she goes and she adds depth with, like, Matty Ice and Jordan Reed and Funches. You know how I feel about Funches. This, Funches, he's the 27th-ranked wide receiver last year, and she grabbed him in, like, second to the last of her draft. Um, you know, it's a, technically it could be her third, possibly her fourth wide receiver Good thing you did, Liz, because I was going to if you didn't. I love Devin Funches. I love him this year. Yeah, I love him this year. I mean, he is—he's the guy there. He's the guy, right? They—they they let go of their speedster over to New Orleans last year. I mean, they—they they drafted. You know, you've got someone. Greg. You know, Greg Olson's back, but he's not looking great. He's still—he looks like he's slowing down a bit. He's getting old, but you know, when I think of Olson, he's more the reliable guy. He's not going to stretch the field. He's not going to be a game changer. Funches proved last year that he could be a game changer. So mm-hmm. I would love to see. Uh, you know, how she uses him in her lineup. Does she put him in as a third or does she leave him on the bench, uh, you know, as a security blanket for in case someone gets hurt or just is underperforming? Well, it's nice. She has the depth. I mean, if if by week two, week three, he's lighting it up. 
Yeah. Guess what? He's going to make his way into your starting lineup. Yeah, this for me was one of the best drafted teams that I saw amongst our league. And uh, congratulations, Liz, on a great team. And From the seventh spot, too, which isn't easy. No, right. Yeah, not easy. It's a tough spot in a 10-man league. Cool. Yeah, so that, that about sums it up. And again, like we, looking back, all these rosters were just great. I mean, there's really, there's not a single one in here that I can take a look at and just be like, eh. Every single one of them has potential, which is awesome. That's what you want in a league. You want good competition, and we're, we're going to have it this year. Definitely going to be uh, definitely going to be very, very, very competitive. With that being said, let's uh, get into some news. Breaking. With the news, Jarek McKinnon tore his ACL out for the year. We talked, we touched on that a bit earlier. It's already rocked a bunch of people's fantasy leagues. Even people that drafted late, I mean, it still really didn't help you because the news broke, you know, relatively late Saturday. And I know a lot of people tend to draft either the weekend before or, or that weekend, so it's tough. And a lot of people were left scrambling, trying to react. Is it going to be Alfred Morris? Is it going to be Matt Breida? We've heard conflicting things. I mean, what what do you think? I may talk about a little bit about this earlier in our, our start-sit section, but sure. what do you think? On which player to go yeah. with? I'm a Matt Breida fan. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I say that is looking at how successful Shanahan was in Atlanta, he likes the the quicker, better hand receiver. Well, for his type of offense, that's definitely Breeder, and that's Breeder. We're talking. We're not. You know, when I look at Alfred Morris, he's almost thirty. Uh, he hasn't been. He's a young thirty for a running back, though. <laughs> well, he doesn't he, have a lot of miles on him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I get that, but I just don't see the San Francisco offense. And you know, the proof is in the pudding, though. They definitely did not design their offense to be a plow over physical running style type of offense. Jarek McKinnon. That's a quick receiving type of running back. Devonta Freeman. I mean, it's that, that's the comp. I mean, So I don't know how Alfred Morris will fit into the mix. He might be, he might steal goal line touches. He might steal, uh, you, know, you know, I think he'll be more of a relief fill-in for Breda. Yeah. Or he might take over a game if, if Matt's not, not doing. Yeah, ride the, ride they, the hot yeah, hand. You know? And that just, it could be a nightmare all year. This could be a Derrick Henry slash... Um, DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray thing. I already rode that train. Yeah. I'm not riding so that train again. It could again. absolutely be that. And you know what? We we say that, and then we see a terrible week come out from San Francisco, and all of a sudden they're making a move for somebody. Yeah. So, but picking one of the two, I like Matt Breeder. I think he fits the mold better for what Kyle Shanahan's going to want to yeah, do. My, I mean, my two cents on if, if you take either one. It's a trap. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a trap. Like I, uh, I'll give you my two cents on why a little yeah. bit later. So moving on, <laughs> I feel so bad for Nick. <laughs> yeah, this, sorry, Nick. So Nick, Nick drafted from the two spot in our league. And as you can imagine, he took Lev Bell. So, you know, it, you know it's, it's a great pick last Saturday. He still hasn't shown up, but he did this last year. That's right. You know, he showed up, you know, early the week of when the games were starting. All Every player on the team said, oh, you know, it's this is what he does. He's still working out. He's going to show up. You know, no worries. Monday rolls around, doesn't show up. 
It's like, all right, well, you know, whatever. It's Monday. It's late. You know, it, it was Labor Day. Who knows? Maybe he's kick, he's on the beach kicking up his feet, having a drink. You know, rumors were swirling around that uh, he had kind of alluded to his to his teammates, some of his teammates that uh, they would that they would could expect to see him Monday. So that I think that's kind of what was going on there. They were like, okay, Monday came. And so yeah, Tuesday show up. Tuesday rolls around, still no Lev Bell. <laughs> Wednesday rolls around, the morning that they have a nine a.m. meeting, mandatory team meeting. And a lot of the players said, "Oh, he'll be there." No show. And at this point, Nick is. Uh, this is Nick right now. No. Oh please, God, no. No, please, God. God, no, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. I'm sorry, Nick, it's happening, man. Well, on the plus side, he's a good sport about it. What are you going to do? He's a good sport about it. At least he went out and, you know, he blew his waiver, got James Conner. Oh, wait, no, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Someone else did that. Phil, you sniped him. Yes, he did. Speaking of which, what I'm from what I'm hearing, at least today, you know, his agent is now coming out on his behalf, releasing statements. It's not looking good. It's really not looking good. Not I mean, good at all. It's it's potentially looking like he may not he may not be back until close to week ten. Yeah. He well, you know, he has up until week ten to report to it for it to be considered a full season so that he could get he out of here. He needs six games. Yeah. So if he comes back in week ten, he still runs the risk of if he plays one of those six games and gets injured, I mean he He's taken that gamble on himself, but remains to be seen. Who knows? They could they could up and trade him. Well, I think that as this progresses, I really think that's what's going to end up happening here. I mean, you hate to say it, unless things change around real quickly, you know how it goes. And don't get me wrong, I mean, he could James, come back and they could just be like with loving open arms because they know the kind of player that he is. You know, I I don't think people realize just how talented James Conner is either. He's looked great in the preseason. He would have been a first round pick if not for he had he had cancer. He right. had a he had a bout with cancer. He beat it, came back, got his body back up to speed, and I mean he's he's looked really good and the entire team seems to be backing him. I mean from what I'm hearing, I, it, every everyone that talks it's like you know, is this a concern or whatever? This then they said no. No, we got James. Right, they're moving on. I mean, let's not let's not take away from Lev Bell's talent. This guy is worldly, worldly when it comes to the running back position. Um, but yeah, this is looking more and more to me like this is going to be a trade and sign somewhere. And Pittsburgh's just going to want to get out of it. I mean, I guess from a standpoint, you kind of see where Le'Veon Bell is coming because he comes here, they're going to run him into the ground. You know, they're going to put the miles on him. They know he's going to walk at the end of the year. He doesn't want to put the wear and tear on his body just to possibly risk an injury and not be able to get that big contract See, it's that he so wants. it's so it's so tough with the NFL because guaranteed contracts are given out so rarely especially for a running back well you see a lot so of guaranteed money. money now is what that's the big deal you've seen a lot of high-end guaranteed money with these contracts yeah but a lot a lot of them aren't really for running backs they're more so you see quarterbacks getting that not more not really on the running back and I mean unfortunately it comes with the territory it's a it's a position that you get beat up every single day, yeah. and the you know it's just it's, it's not you don't have a very long shelf life if you're a running back. Never mind a running back that's getting potentially thirty plus touches a game like Lev Bell. 
But I'll be I'll be curious. I mean, if if James Conner is getting twenty to thirty touches a game and they're using him in that Lev Bell type scenario, I mean, talent or not, I mean, opportunity is going to trump talent in fantasy. Something's going to happen. I mean, I'm really curious to see because there's no question at this point he's getting the start against Cleveland this weekend. I mean, what do you if he comes out and lights it up? If he comes out and lights it up, I think you're going to see a trade and sign. That's and it's it's just looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, it's it's so crazy right now because Lev Bell, like you said, he's a top two pick, otherworldly talent. With this situation going on, it's like if you're a Lev Bell owner, are you are you open to trades right now? Or if you're not the Lev Bell owner, are you trying to get Lev Bell? Well, I think if wow for cents on the dollar, what is James Conner worth in all this? Are you trying yeah. to move James Conner to the Bell owner, and what are you trying to get? There's like a million scenarios right now. I guess it just all comes down to preference. What what is your belief? Is he coming back? Is he getting traded? Is he sitting out? It's a gamble. It just makes this exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So Nick, my heart goes out to you, bud. But I play you next week, so tough luck. <laughs> Hopefully you come back week three, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's that kind of wraps it up with some of the news. I mean, obviously we've had the, the, really the main things in the news have been a lot of players coming off uh, like questionable with injuries and things like that. Some so, of them on some, you know, some snap counts and things like yeah. that. I mean, typical, typical stuff. Yep, yep. So nothing, nothing else too, too crazy going on in the news this week. So we do want to move on to a, another new little section here. Starts and sits of the week. So Dennis and I kind of looked things over, and we wanted to pick both of us, each pick one start and one sit of the week. And these aren't going to be the, you know, you should start. you got to start Todd Gurley this week. Yeah, that's that's, a, obvious, great, that's right? a great call. We're, exactly. We're, we're going for you a should bit of a sit reach, Carson yeah. Wentz this week because he's out. Thank you, Captain Obvious. So I'm, I'm going to kick it off. Let me kick it off with my start of the All week. Right. So my start of the week, I'm going to go quarterback. Tyrod Taylor. And I know some of you might be like, ugh, ugh, I don't know about that. Hear me out. So he's in a great situation right now. And the even better part is... I can almost guarantee you he's sitting in your free agent pool right now. There's not many people that own him. And honestly, my thing is, if you're a Carson Wentz owner and you're scrambling for someone to give you a quality start this week, you could do a lot worse than Tyrod Taylor. He's at home. They're hosting the Steelers without Lev Bell. We know Big Ben, he has issues with home road, home road splits. So I think the Browns... And their, their defense isn't bad. It's really not that bad. I mean, they've added a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And, I mean, Tyrod's a mobile quarterback. He gives you a very safe floor with his legs because he's going to get those running yards. And, I mean, look at who he's throwing the ball to. Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry. You know, you got Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, both catch-passing running backs. David Njoku, who's looked like a stud. I mean, I just think it's a... Very, very high possibility that he's going to be a quarterback one this week. Potentially in the future as well. So if you're looking for uh, a Carson Wentz replacement, or if you're really not happy with your QB's matchup, I think Tyrod, Tyrod's an option. 
Yeah, and let's be honest, the Steelers' defense is not the old steel curtain. No. You know what I mean? They they have definitely formed themselves to be more offensive than defensive. So, yeah, absolutely. I think he'll be okay. Who's your start of the week, Dan? All right, so sticking to the quarterback theme. Oh, you picked the quarterback, too. I did. I did. And I've got Andy the Red Rocket Dalton. Oh! All right, so here's my take on <laughs> That's <laughs> yes, how I, I feel know, about I that. That's all right. Hey, if you need a quarterback, if you need a quarterback, I, I love to start. He went undrafted and has a juicy matchup against a terrible Indian defense. He's got a healthy offense and is uh, right now projected to our statistics to be the seventh best quarterback start on this week. Yeah, and our statistics are pretty pretty plain, James. We, we don't PPR. mess. We, yeah, we don't mess with it too much. Um, it is a six six point touchdown league, so right. that bumps them a little bit. A little but. bit. But that bumps every quarterback a little yeah. bit too, so I don't think that really changes much. But last year against Indy, he posted a 243 passing yards. That line had no turnovers, had two touchdowns. This was all while his number one target, A.J. Green, listen to this whopping line, three catches, 28 yards, and one touchdown. So it wasn't like uh, his number one guy was out there burning it up. Uh, I think the weather had a little bit of a factor in that game, too. It was cold, wasn't it? 39 degrees in that game. Well, this game is in Indy, in a dome. Andrew Luck is back. I expect both offenses to be clicking. I think this game could be absolutely high-flying. A shootout? In a high-shootout type situation. And I think he can easily get you uh, a, a floor of 20 fantasy points or better. Wow. And a ceiling of... It's a hot take. Yeah, you heard I mean, it here first. I'm, I'm thinking Andy Dalton, you need a quarterback to start. Hence, Carson Wentz injury. Hence, you don't love your matchup for whoever it is that you have at that position. He's a great fill-in for the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, he has the path to get there. So between Tyrod and, uh, Tyrod and the Red Rocket, our two starts of the week. I like it. I like it. You want to uh, kick us off with your sit of the week? My sit of the week. This All one, right. I'm actually looking now. This is this is relevant. We got to get this thing up uh, uploaded so people you can it. listen quick. All right, my sit of the week this week. I've got Jay Ajahi. This week is a recipe for disaster, uh, and for the Eagles, in my opinion. Um, the reason why I say this is with what should have been an amazing start to the NFL season at home opening night as a Super Bowl defending champion, you would think the Eagles would be poised to come out and make a big statement to start the year, right? Of course you would. Sure. But unfortunately, reality is reality. Carson Wentz is hurt, not playing. Alshon Jeffrey is hurt, not playing. So, yes, we all saw Nick Foles come in and win a Super Bowl last year. Woohoo! don't worry, Nick can cover. Nick won a Super Bowl against a, a very depleted defensive team in the New England Patriots. That game was a shootout in itself. All right. Well, just the week before, Tom Brady was terrible that game. He only threw for like 500 yards. Yeah, exactly. You know, but the week before, we had we had this matchup, right? This is a repeat of this matchup. That was a final score of 15 to 10. Eagles wins that game, 15 to 10. They didn't zero. He didn't score a touchdown. Zero was, offensive touchdowns by anybody on the Eagles' offense. So now you want me to believe that Jay Hujai is going to be a great start? He's banged up too. He ran for 54 yards in that game. He chipped in another 30-something, uh, sorry, 44 yards uh, off of three grabs. Um, but now Darren Sproles is back. I think he'll cut into some of those receptions. I just don't think this Especially is a good Especially if they go down. If, they, if they're down, it's going to be the Sproles show because he is the pass catching back there. I don't love it at all. I say sit that guy. I know his projection is high. 
I have him in one of my leagues. I bench him. I'm not running with them. I don't trust them. I don't trust this matchup. I feel like the only person on that team worth starting today Zach would Ertz. be Zach Ertz. Yeah. Just because Foles is going to be looking for him. I'm with you. I mean, I I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable starting really any of the Eagles. I really How don't. Can you? On the on the opposite end, I feel pretty good about starting most people from Atlanta. I expect. I, I mean, I, I know I win in the game. I know. I know the Eagles are a staunch defense, especially on the ground. Which is why a lot of people were, you know, I don't know about Defonta Freeman this week. I think he's going to be fine. I don't think Foles is going to be able to move the ball quite as well as he wants to. And I mean, a lot of people forget that Atlanta's defense wasn't that bad last year. They got they got much better towards the end of the season. So I Atlanta's defense. You're talking about Atlanta. Atlanta was a pass away from being the team in the Super Bowl last year. You know, if they make that completion. It's an it's an Atlanta New England uh, Super Bowl. Oh, how great would that have been? So yeah, it would have been a repeat, right? That uh, would have been great. But yeah, so it's this. I expect Atlanta to be coming out here for sure, looking for redemption for that game, and they see a hurting Philadelphia team right now, and they're looking to pounce. I mean, I just I don't. What should have been a great game tonight may not end up being a great game. We'll see. You never know. Opening night, a lot of emotions flying as the Super Bowl content, uh, defending champions. So, but Jay Ajahi, not for me. Yeah. Not this I, week. I hear you. I agree with a lot of that. Yeah, so I think uh, that's about it. Anything else you really want to touch on before we, uh, we're going to kind of close things out, upload this, and we're going to get ready for tonight's game. And Yeah, well, let's hear your set them. Oh. we got to hear geez, that. Look at, the look at that. That's See, right. I, <laughs> I won't let you get away with that. My sit em. Well, I mentioned I was going to talk about them a little bit later. Uh, I'm actually going for a two-for-one set. Not just once, a two-for-one. Alfred Morris, Matt Burrito. I feel you should sit them both, honestly. So, Alf, so he's a 29-year-old journeyman running back. So, again, he's on the wrong side of 20. Doesn't have quite the yardage that some other other running backs do, but whatever. He's, uh, he's getting to be old busted. And uh, he's still learning the playbook. I mean, he hasn't been there that long. Uh, Matt Burrito. He was an undrafted rookie. He's entering his second year. So, I mean, he's still he's still up and coming, trying to learn learn his role. So, I mean, they're both going to be splitting the workload under Kyle Shanahan, who, I mean, don't get me wrong, Alfred Morris, he did have success under Kyle Shanahan before. Um, he actually, to the tune of, it was 2,900 yards and 20 touchdowns with Shanahan in two seasons. But that was back in 2012. That was so, also I mean, at a time where it was a smash type of offense. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of offense they were. Alfred was built for that type of offense. Yeah, which this is not that type of it's offense not. anymore. So, I mean, I, I honestly feel that neither one of these backs is going to emerge as the guy. I just feel like their overall fantasy production, it's going to be capped. I feel like they're going to be fighting each other throughout most games. And I feel like neither one is really going to break out. I think they'll complement each other. But if you're looking for... And we always hear, you know, running back by committee, which it's that dreaded thing in fantasy where it's like, oh, I don't want another Derrick Henry, DeMarco Murray type scenario. But I think this might be one of those. I mean, factor in that, and the reason they're my sit this week, they're facing Minnesota's run D. Right. Minnesota, Minnesota's run D was the second best run defense only to the Eagles last year. I mean, I just think it's a recipe for fantasy mediocrity. It's bordering on full bust potential. So, I mean, if. You've got to have better options. And I know if you're a McKinnon owner, you're going to feel pressured to start one of them if you were able to nab one either off of waivers or free agency. But 
I mean, try to find an option elsewhere. I mean, even a player that comes to mind off the top of my head, I mean, look at look at your waiver wire free agency for somebody like Latavius Murray. I mean, I know he's owned right now. It's just over 50% of leagues, so it's a coin flip if he's going to be available in your league. But take a look-see. I mean, the word right now, Dalvin Cook is going to be on a pitch count. So he's returning from that season-ending injury last year. So Murray's probably going to get the lion's share of the carries and the goal line work, which to me makes him a much safer bet than Morris or Burita. So that's that's my two cents. I think there's better options elsewhere, at least this week. At least, and until you see how the Morris-Burita thing shakes out. If one of them comes out and is just dominant, and they get, if it's like a 70-30 type thing, then I'll feel better about it going forward. But right now, there's too much unknown, and I just feel like there's better options. For week one, let's see, right? Yeah. Let's let's see what happens. That's what you got to do. Even though Minnesota will be a tough test. Yeah, it's not a a test I'm willing to take. So, yeah, but that's about it. Uh, Anything else you want to add before we sign off here? No, let's go see some football, man. Yep, so we'll be back next week with, you know, once we finally get some games under our belt, we can kind of... uh, Take a look. Obviously, we're going to have news because, you know, injuries are going to happen. Trades could happen. Who the heck knows? So speaking of our league, if any, uh, if anybody wants to hop on here as a guest star, hit me up. And, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to Spin the Fantasy Football Chambers, and we'll catch you later. Have a good night.